This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. We've gone through the first hour of sex. Now we're on to the second, uh, which is always good. (laughs) It lasts an hour (laughs) and then two hours. It's amazing. Uh, That is fantastic. So hopefully uh, if that's happened to you (laughs) as a result of the show, give me a call. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, I don't bite, which is, uh, may, may or may not be a good thing. I don't know. Um, but anyway, you can give me a call 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. In the second half of the program, we're going to be talking about today's blind spot that is a big threat to marriage and that people don't realize. Also going to be talking about, uh, what is it that women find more satisfying than their partner? And how about those stressed out families that are having relationship problems that are blaming each other and acting like children? What advice did I give one couple this week? Well, I will tell you. And uh, because you know what? Sometimes you just have to know the truth. Somebody just got to be straight up with you and say, here's the deal. But you know what? Sex is about pleasure. And so I'm going to talk to you about uh, some ideas for more powerful orgasms. And who doesn't want that? Some people just want orgasms, which is good too, but even more powerful ones. And you know what? Having an orgasm, experiencing an orgasm is actually something you have to work at. Nobody told you. I know you just expect to lay there and have sex and have an orgasm, but more often than not, it doesn't happen that way. There's a few little bits of critical information and I'll give you that shortly. I'm certain by now you have put those kidlets to bed um, and what are your thoughts on cougar dating when, uh, when women date younger men? What do you think about that? Is that something that you've ever done? Is there a reason? Are there some good things about it? Are there some bad things about it? Uh, what do you think, Matt? Have you uh, gone for the older woman? You know what? Honestly, I would like to think that I would have the opportunity to, but it generally older women don't want to date a younger guy. <laughs> Older women don't want to what? Date a younger guy. Uh, some do. Not some the will. Ones, not, the, not ones that I've met, that's for sure. Well, some might just want to have intimate relations with younger men. I think that's kind of the focus of, uh, of this particular Well, Maureen, you should hook me up with that dating subject. app because I'll be on to that. <laughs> so there could be some advantages for dating an older woman in your mind. Oh, then. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. More just like got their life together. Um, I mean, I would m- more than rather m- meet someone that was in the upper 30s and the lower 25s, right? All right. No problem. Well, you heard from Matt on this particular subject, and it's a good subject, actually. But uh, first, I do, you know, I'm reminded that uh, I need to listen. And so you, you probably don't know how many emails that I get or how many patients I see. You can't even imagine just how many I receive. And so I want to share them with you. And I, and I appreciate every single email that I get. And I really try and answer every single one of them uh, as long as they're respectful and, uh, and real. Uh, so thank you so much for emailing me. And you can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca uh, and 
fill out the contact form there if you want to email me, or you can just email me at sextalk at cknw.com. But um, this uh, first one, I have Mariana, I guess, on the line. Hello, Mariana. Hello. I just wanted to mention, because, Mary McGrath, I love your show, and I wanted to mention that you're talking about older, older women and younger men. Well, my mom turns 90 years old on Tuesday, and her husband will be 68 on July 28th, and they've been married since she was 55 and he was 32, and her husband is a few years older than me, and he's younger than my older sister. Wow, I have to absorb all that. married, and they love each other. He holds her hands and loves her. You know, that's such a beautiful story. And yeah, yeah, they've been married how many years? Uh, Well, let's see. So that would be, uh, uh, I'm going to do my math That's okay. 35 years. 35 years. 35 years. Wow, and how did they meet? They actually met at a church through another friend. He was in the choir, and she was going to the Anglican Church downtown. Nice. And um, he's a, he was a Latin professor and a ballet dancer, and uh, she was a medieval studies major and a real academic, you know, loved books. And so they're just like two peas in a pod. And they were just wildly attracted to each other from the beginning? Yeah, when they married, like my mom literally looked 30. The wedding picture of her with him, they looked the same age. Wow. But she's look. People thought she was my younger sister when I was younger. Is that right? So, but no luck for me. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. But my older sister, her husband's uh, 13 years younger than her. Oh, in the all in the family. Yeah, and then my other younger sister, who's a few years younger than me, her boyfriend. She's been with for about 15 years. Well, let's see, he would be about 20 years younger than her, actually. So, you know, sometimes I wonder if there's not a genetic component to some of these things. But, I mean, I love the story, and I think it's, you know, I I do think that there still is a societal stigma associated with older women, younger men, regardless of the age. Um, And uh, people can think they're whatever they want. They judge it for whatever reason. And oftentimes they, the people, that the couple doesn't care because they're enjoying a beautiful life together. Exactly. And it, and it is. They have a lovely life and, you know, they're good to each other. And this man is very good to all his uh, sort of stepchildren, even though he wasn't really a father to us as such. Because are you oh, older than he is? No. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not older. I'm younger than <laughs> <Okay>. him. <laughs> older, older than him. Yeah. Um, well, that's such a lovely story. Yeah, thanks, Maureen. Thanks. Your show is awesome. Oh, you're so sweet. It's fantastic. Thank Bye. you for calling. Oh, that's such a nice story, huh? 90 and 65, that's amazing. And it just shows you love knows no bounds, you know? it's uh, and, and there's hope for that. Like for people out there who are, are thinking you're never going to find love and maybe you have all these rules and regulations around around it for yourself and because society has said you have to go this traditional route and or your family has insisted that you marry somebody of the same religious persuasion or uh from the same socioeconomic background or, you know, you have to marry somebody who you think is smart and that's probably a good decision to marry somebody who's smart or who's a partier or whatever. You have all these, but when just love takes over and it's just like, I don't care what any of you think, this is who I am going to be with. That's, you know, that is just so great. I just, I just love that. Anyway, I, um, before I go on to the break, I do want to, uh, just want to read some emails to you. Got sidetracked from that beautiful message from Mariana. Anyway, 
So here's my one of my many emails. Dear Maureen, I'm looking for pricing information, a little info. My husband is a premature ejaculator, which I find frustrating. He doesn't care, which also translates to me that he is a selfish lover. Recently, I've discovered that he has a pretty bad porn habit of watching cam girl porn almost daily while I'm at work. I'm 28. He's almost 43. I'm afraid my sex life is pretty much over. I also feel extremely betrayed. I've already talked to him and he said he would change his habits, but he hasn't. If you can offer an insight, I would love to set up an appointment. Okay. Um, So, Nikki. Here's the deal. You're 28 years old. Number one, my question is, why is it that you're working and he's on the cam girl porn during the day? Is he working? Yes or no? He should be at 43. Um, and also, uh, this could be an addiction for him. Let's, but let's step it back uh, to the premature ejaculation, a very common issue. Um, and the thing about that, it says... Uh, if he says he's a premature ejaculator, you say he's a premature ejaculator, he ejaculates prematurely, there's help for that. He can actually um, get help, but I'm afraid it may be tied up in his addiction, which may have anxiety un- underneath it. So it's difficult for him to get the treatment he needs unless, and I'm diagnosing over the airwaves and I shouldn't do this, but I'm just saying, if this is the case, if he has anxiety and he is self-medicating with cam girl porn, um, then he's not going to stop premature ejaculating. But the thing is, you've got other issues here. He's got an addiction. You are in a relationship with a man who has an addiction, likely. If you are in a relationship with a man who has an addiction, you are not in a relationship. Because people who have addictions are shells of people. They numb their feelings because they don't want to feel anything. So they don't feel love and they don't feel disappointment and they don't feel anger and they don't feel, you know, uh, they feel they get slighted very easily. They have certain characteristics. And so you're not actually having a real relationship with somebody. And to say he's, uh, of course you feel betrayed because you're, he is getting his jollies off, if you will, getting his sexual satisfaction from, a, from cam girl porn. <laughs> cam girl porn. I like that expression. <laughs> um, but you know what? You are 28. You are far too young to waste your time with this guy if he will not get help. And the help that he needs is the help with his cam girl porn addiction. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you as I do every single Sunday night live from the studio downtown in downtown Vancouver uh, on what appears to be a gorgeous evening and a lovely sunset. Hopefully you're enjoying it as well, enjoying it with your lover. I've decided to read some of the emails that uh, I get from you, and I I love them. Thank you very much. I really appreciate them. So you can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca, or you can give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell if you like. But uh, here is one from Tina. Hi, Maureen. Thanks for being out there and so brave and available for all of us. I hope you will have time to answer my question. So she asks... Uh, I want to know if women really enjoy, I love this question, by the way, okay, I get this all the time in 
all of the misperceptions around this particular issue. So thanks for being so brave enough to email this to me and remind me to mention it on the air. I want to know if women really enjoy giving oral sex to men they love, or is that only a pleasure to serve their men? I can't even imagine how that can be a pleasure to women other than maybe a pleasure of giving a pleasure. In my opinion, it is so unhygienic and such a sickening act. Am I the only one thinking that way or do most women think that way too? It's really impossible for me to tell you how most women think. I'm not a mind reader. I will say that I've heard from a lot of women in my clinical practice and keep in mind the only women that come to see me are those that have trouble. So um, that's the perspective from which I, I see this and a lot of women have said they don't like to perform oral sex on their male partner, uh, and many have said, can they cover his penis with a Safeway bag, was one suggestion a woman asked. So a lot of women say they feel that it is dirty and and unhygienic, and it's actually not related to that. You know, before you make love with somebody, you want to be clean. And so I'm assuming that people are showering daily, and so if that's the case, that's a good thing, and you really only need water to clean it off, essentially. Um, And so... You know, this can be, uh, this is an incredibly pleasurable act for a man, but it can also be a very pleasuring act for a woman as well, and extremely arousing, knowing that she is giving the man that she is in love with, uh, or is even with for that moment. Uh, It doesn't have to necessarily be somebody that you're in love with. It can be somebody that you're sexually attracted to. That's often happens outside of marriages is that, you know, if there are issues in a relationship, if a couple's having problems in the relationship, you know, a woman will not want to perform oral sex on her partner because she's not that attracted to him at that time during the conflict. But she may go outside of the relationship, be attracted to somebody else, and, and they may be you know, vulnerable and in a relationship where they're not getting enough sex and that and the two of them can meet. That's why this sort of emotional connection is so dangerous. And, and they, one woman can enjoy giving, uh, performing oral sex on a man and the man can certainly be quite happy to receive that. And so that is one reason they go outside of a relationship, but certainly people who are, are sexually self-confident, have good sexual self-esteem and, and have sexual desire and enjoy sex. It's certainly something that is to be enjoyed, can be enjoyed, and is a very intimate aspect of a relationship. And there are many misconceptions about performing oral sex on men. There are so many myths, like there's too much uh, lubrication, you know, too much saliva. But every guy has different preferences on uh, how wet things should get during oral sex. But um, that's part of what makes this whole thing feel really good. And you just want to get into it. Uh, a lot of guys prefer having a lot more saliva. Um, and you, you just don't want to be stopping during it and apologizing about that. So uh, another myth is that the entire penis needs to go into the mouth. The truth is, it's different strokes for different folks, of course. It's not the only way to ex- for a man to experience orgasm. In fact, the most sensitive area is the glands of the penis, and especially at the base of the underside. So that's why stimulating that area with your tongue and your mouth is the most important aspect of it. Um, so there are certain, um, 
ways, and that's you know that's something to talk and communicate and look at each other in the eye and look at him in the eye while you're doing this as well. That can be very um, uh, arousing and uh, and pleasing for the man. Uh, the, another myth is that you cannot get a sexually transmitted infection from performing oral sex on a man. That is definitely not true. Many of the diseases that can be transmitted from vaginal or anal or intercourse can be also transmitted from oral intercourse. So no matter what you're doing with somebody's genitals, keep in mind, this is the rule, you can get, something can be transmitted and you can get a sexual sexually transmitted infection. So that's the law about that. You touch the genitals, there's a risk of, a, of an STI. Some people feel that spitting is safer than swallowing. This is the age-old question. If you don't want to swallow, tell him that. And he should tell you when he's about to climax. Uh, and, you know, there's this whole myth that it's all about the penis, but it's not necessarily explore down there a little bit more. Uh, you know, you're not going to injure his penis either. That's another myth. And... Uh, uh, there's a whole lot of other myths out there, but nonetheless, it's certainly something that, that can be pleasurable for both the man and the woman. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here, registered nurse in the field of sexual health, deal with all of these issues in my clinical practice and, uh, and otherwise. Uh, so I love hearing from you and I love, uh, all the ideas that you give me for these shows. And I think you're not the only one that has this issue, so I'm going to talk about it on my show on this Sunday. And we talked a little bit earlier about the older woman dating the younger man. And and that actually, um, I had a patient in my clinical practice who just happened, she was in for something else, but she just happened to tell me about the fact that she's really never dated anybody over the age of 40, and she's now 60. And, And so she... Uh, never had children, never got married, never wanted to get married, and never wanted to have children. But it's just that uh, younger men seem to be attracted to her. And so I thought this was sort of tied up into a lot of people say to me, how am I going to meet somebody? How do you, I, I, in fact, I did a talk this Friday out in Langley. I went out to Langley. That's a whole new world <laughs> for me. Anyway, I was, as I was driving back to the highway, I have to say the backdrop of the mountains was gorgeous, but I digress. Um, but, uh, I really, I was out of my element out there, but, uh, nonetheless, I had a $13 car wash, which I was happy about. <laughs> I didn't spring for the $2 vacuum because I had to do it. But anyway, um, I di- totally digress. So when I, when I was at that event, uh, they, at, they had asked me to speak about if I could speak about, get this, online dating for people over the age of 65. And I have to say probably the average age of the people in the audience, it was a bit younger this year, they were probably 76. Um, so they wanted to know about online dating and, you know, how they could check somebody out. They were very interested in that. And I said, you know, I have to check people out all the time, quite frankly. And, you know, and... I have a whole system now and a process that how I can get every single bit of information out there about them. Um, so in case, you know, there's any issues, if somebody's inappropriate or whatever. And so I, you know, I work a little bit with an inve- forensic investigator and, you know, he checks things out for me. But I do my own thing as well, my own initial. So they wanted to know about that, too, like what how you check somebody out. It was even as simple as they didn't realize you can just Google anybody and you can find out a lot about them just by simply doing that and then the advanced search. And, and so they wanted to know how to meet, how, how should they meet somebody. And, and even a couple of people who were online were still struggling with how, 
uh, that they nobody seemed to be, um, you know, wanting to go out with them. And, and, you know, it's really how you present yourself and you present however you present yourself, whether it be like annoyed or frustrated or not very nice or, you know, yeah, that's why everyone has to take a look at themselves and see how they come across. Because if you're coming across nasty in person, you're going to come across nasty online too. I'm sorry. Uh, so one equates to the other. And and so that's something, but it was difficult for me to say this as feedback to people that I hardly knew. But, you know, that's something that you might want to consider. And so then I, I always give my typical um, suggestion, go to a political event. And may I suggest the Liberal Party because they'll be in better suits and maybe have jobs. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's I went to speak one time at a Liberal Party event and I thought it was I don't know why I thought it was a bunch of women. It was like 300 men and 20 women. And I'm like, OK, you know what? Where are these pe- women that want to meet people? They should have signed up for this event anyway. Nonetheless, um, this is another way. And so I realized, oh, okay, because a lot of people just get upset and they don't focus on themselves and they don't try to make themselves the best they can be. And so one way, and this this cougar, if you will, I don't really like to use that term, but this older woman, self-proclaimed cougar, cougar, the way she meets these younger men is at the gym. And what happens is she goes to the gym and she works out. And she says, you know, she says she's no beauty. She doesn't look any younger than her age. But that she goes um, and then, you know, they they start just talking. She might just speak to somebody who's on the treadmill next to her. And she finds that younger men are hungry for someone who sparks their curiosity. And they're hungry for somebody who can teach them. And sometimes she looks, uh, she seems like a mentor to them. But sometimes that's too much. And uh, the, she finds that they're, you know, really developmentally too young. She had a long-term relationship with a 19-year-old when she was about 45, but his mother threatened her professional status, and so that had to end and, and also was going to excommunicate him from the family. So that wasn't going to work either. But um, she said that younger men will make this uh, upfront sort of compromise on youth and beauty and being in fabulous shape and no wrinkles for emotional stability and for depth, deep conversation. And so that was what she found. She would actually meet them on an emotional level. And she did often find that she had more money than they had. And sometimes if they went out, it was going to be, you know, a fast food restaurant uh, it wasn't going to be the fine dining. And, and she didn't pay. She never paid for them. So she wasn't sort of a, a sugar mama, if you will. Um, it, but she also said that people didn't approve. She was shamed uh, by it. Um, and, and oftentimes she said she'd be with a guy and they were lovers. And somebody would come along and um, somebody would come along and ask her if she was their mother. And so, you know, it wasn't the easiest thing. Um, and some of her male friends would, you know, pass judgment on the young men that she dated. And, and she's not the only patient I've had that have dated younger men. I, I was, uh, I had a patient who dated a, a younger man for like, after her divorce, she dated him for like 10 years. Um, and he was, she was about 50 and he was probably 25 at the time. And it went on till he was about 35 and then he married somebody else. He wanted to have children and. Um, but I have Kel on the line. Is that Kel? Hello, Kel. That's me. How are you? I'm fine. Good. <laughs> I, had some, I usually catch you with um, 
uh, on CKNW on the morning show there with Jill. Yes. Because I don't get many chances to catch you on the Sunday night show. Well, that's too bad. Go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I know it's too bad. But I'm kidding. I, I, I catch it at all times anyways. Exactly. You can listen free download on iTunes. You're right. Yeah, um, I was just wondering, you know, about things like um, uh, how, like, how do you develop fetishes and stuff like that? How do you develop it? Do you want one, or, no, <laughs> or do I you have one? I already have one. I okay. Don't even, I don't need another. Okay. So, you know, a fetish is fine. A lot of people have fetishes and, you know, there's a, lo- a large continuum, a long continuum of fetishes. And uh, it can be, you know, somebody who likes somebody with a large bottom or uh, there's a breast guy or, you know, um, somebody who likes men with curly hair, whatever. Uh, you can certainly have fetishes. And then there are other ones that, you know, may impact your life and um, may impact your intimate life as well or may impact your professional life or just everyday life. So if your fetish... Well, yeah, they may, it, the one I have kind of impacts my uh, my intimate life. Okay, it, it impacts your intimate life. So is it, um, you know, it's difficult to, to say... Um, some things just are arousing for people during sex. So if it's like the, like putting on fishnets or, uh, I mean, I'm just guessing here, or silk stockings or all, only having sex with a woman who's wearing a certain kind of lingerie or always having to dress up or in a particular way, um, then, you know, and, and that's impacting the intimacy and it's bothersome then you do have to look at why. Is it something, is it anxiety? Is it, did something happen as a child? Um, there's some patient of I mine. something that happened as a child, but it's not bothering and it's not anxiety. Okay, it's not bothering you, it's not bothering your partner? No, but... Then I, it's not a problem. I do worry about it because I do have a child. Um, I just found out that I do have a child. Okay, so you're worried that your child might find out that you have a fetish. Yes. Uh, I'm worried about that, but um, uh, uh, the, the, the girls in my life aren't worried about it. Right, so you don't want it to lead to anxiety then as well. Just understand that fetish is a, it's a form of sexual desire where gratification is linked to a higher degree uh to a particular object of clothing or part of the body or something. I mean, so many people have fetishes, and it's okay. Your private life is your private life. And the last thing you want to do is have shame around your private life, especially if it's not impacting your relationship. And if something happened to you as a child, get the help you need, because eventually, like beach balls underneath the ocean, trying to keep them down, it's going to bounce up. I don't think it was anything like that. Um, I, I I don't want it to lead to any anxiety or anything like that. It's just I'm just completely wondering, lost, Why? of where it came from. You know, I, I, that would require a longer conversation, and i got to go to break now. But I can uh, email me, and I'll send you uh, a bit of an article, or we can address it next week. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. 
We are into the home stretch of the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath talking all things sex, relationships, health, your body. There is no end to this sex talk. There's a couple of things I wanted to mention. There is a a new study out, uh, or a new survey out from Britain, from Great Britain, where they do great sexual health work. Uh, this study was done by Mr. and Mrs. Toy. Uh, it has shown that more than half of the women in the UK think that their sex toys are more effective at helping them to experience orgasm, and they're finding them way more satisfying than their own partners. 2,044 people across the United Kingdom were surveyed, and it turns out that two in five women occasionally find sex toys better than their other half, while one in sex definitively cracked down and said they were always more satisfying. What is going on out there, guys? Come on. You've got to take the time. You've got to experience the foreplay. Take it slow. You can't. It's not all about your pleasure. It's about hers. So if a plastic playmate is better than you, well, there's a few things you're going to have to do about it. So uh, married women actually own more sex toys than single women. Only 44% of singles own one for solo play, where 70% of those in a relationship, I should say those committed in a relationship, uh, own one to spice things up in the sack. Anyway, so think about that. Uh, is that a, a bit of a warning in your your relationship? So you got to up your game, my friends. Up your game. Uh, now, something else that you might be thinking this is upping your game, but it's actually causing a lot more problems than you realize. Many men and women today are viewing text messaging and social media direct messages with this sense of false security. You're thinking, I mean, if you've heard it once, you've heard it a million times, anything that goes online stays online. You can find it any time. But there is this idea, this entitlement idea that uh, people think, well, my partner is not giving me the sex that I need or deserve or want so I can go outside. And it's harmless if I'm just communicating on Facebook or, or however on LinkedIn or whatever with somebody that uh, I may or may not have met or somebody that I might work with or a neighbor or a former partner or somebody. Uh, so they, the problem is people don't find this a problem. We have instant connectivity today and everyone is tempted to do this. <laughs> not everyone. Anyone who has problems in the relationship may be tempted to do this. So if you're in a sexless relationship, you might be inclined to do this, but there is danger. It's so much better to treat the problems in your relationship. And if you are the problem, you have to look at yourself. Um, I, I've received lots of messages um, about my TEDx talk and something really cool has happened, but I can't tell you just yet. It's June. I'll probably be able to tell you in October. Um, so just keep your patience. Just remind me, I will tell you. It will be a, the coolest story ever. And if somebody guesses, then, you know, maybe I'll award a prize or something. But uh, I'm so excited about this opportunity. That was a direct result of that TED talk. So put yourself out there. Um, but don't put yourself out there online because this uh, marriage fidelity communication is an issue that is unprecedented. We have never seen anything like this before. And 
all of the marriages or relationships that I have examined with regard to texting communication with someone other than their spouse is this consistent theme of false security. So that it's not going to get caught and that that's, that it's not a big deal either. And everybody else is doing it. Um, everyone else is uh, talking online to somebody else. And there's also this illusion that everything digital is an illusion. Well, believe you me, it isn't just an illusion. And there can be troubles related to this like you would never expect. Uh, so... You've got to consider that the grass may not be greener because that's something else that I hear from from my patients is that they have all of these justifications for why they do it. Um, and so you want to um, understand the dangers of it, understand the consequences. Just because your neighbor's doing it and there's no consequences doesn't mean there are no consequences. You just don't know about them. Uh, So consider that before you go online and consider what you write and the photographs that you send as well, because, um, you know, you can get lost in the moment, in the heat of the moment, as I like to say, you can certainly get lost in that. And, you know, when you're aroused and, and excited, you think, you don't think of the consequences that can occur and many consequences can occur in many marriages were spoiled as the result of of this because people found it arousing basically because they were bored in their marriages they were bored sexually and uh that's a problem uh i do did have an email and i am just looking for it but i know oh here it is um here it is the name siobhan um orla no uh Hey, Maureen, I'm a 57-year-old woman, not happy with my pelvic floor status and related matters, thinking I would get an internal check with a physio friend as things feel tight and sex is very, very painful and I have lots of dryness as well. May I see you for an assessment and make a plan from there? If you feel pelvic floor assessment from a mechanical perspective should be done before I see you, I will go ahead. I actually don't think that you need a pelvic floor mechanical perspective or, or assessment prior to seeing me. Uh, you have, If you're saying you have vaginal dryness and things feel tight, and obviously with the um, pelvic floor status and related matters, I believe you mean that sex is painful and that perhaps has led to low sexual desire, which is not uncommon. And uh, so I assess women with this issue all the time in my clinical practice. And so I do an assessment uh, and also talk about their uh, intimate relationship and their sexual desire and offer one uh, any one of a number of treatments. Now, there are personal moisturizers that are hormone-free that can be utilized. They're typically creams or gels, and what I recommend is Gynotroph. It's the only Health Canada-approved option. It has a, a plunger as well to insert it into the vagina where it's going to treat the problem. You can also put it on the outside because the vulva is uh, what is on the outside, and that often gets dry as well. And you can use Gynotroph during sex, which is what I love about it. So it's a multitasking uh, formula, but you know what? Some people don't want to use gels, and they don't want to use, um, or it doesn't work. So you might need a low dose localized estrogen therapy in the form of a tablet, a cream, or a ring. Uh, but some people don't want to put a moisturizer or a tablet or use estrogen for the rest of their lives. This is lifelong therapy. So we also, in my clinical practice, have the Mona Lisa Touch. 
It is a new and novel procedure that uh, some patients have called life-changing. It is, uh, it's a five-minute procedure. It's an in-office. There's no anesthesia. There's minimal side effects, no downtime. You have to have three treatments, but often people find relief after one. Uh, it doesn't hurt. It's laser therapy, and it treats uh, genitourinary syndrome of menopause. And many women suffer silently, and you don't have to. So in my clinical practice, we have the latest and the greatest technologies. We have, offer everything, and that's what I like to do is I like to offer you the choices, the options, and inform you and give you the evidence and provide you with the all of the information so that you can make your own choice because that actually builds confidence and you can go back to the bedroom and you can have a great sex life and you can feel better about yourself and you won't feel older with your dry, walking around with your dry vagina. And this is an issue that doesn't just affect uh, sexually active women. It's for all women. So we are at the end of the show. Go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter at back, the number two, the bedroom. And remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I am Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Until next week, have a sexually healthy week. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.